Are you there? I show as hell am. <laughs> <laughs> and that means I'm guessing you are too. I am. I'm here. Which means it's time for another episode of the Still Legit Podcast. Yes! This is the podcast where Emily and I talk about pop culture from growing up and a little bit before. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that's TV, movies, um, entertainment formats. Yeah, we're thinking about that, guys. Books and magazines haven't got there yet. But anyway, we're going to see if they're still legit. Um, yeah, that was a rambly intro by me, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. This is what you're here now. Hey. Settle in. <laughs> and this week, we are going to be revisiting Ugly Betty. Mm. Now, I can't remember whose idea this was. I think someone suggested it. Was this a it. listener? I think somebody suggested it. So if that was you, listener, thank you. Yeah, very much thank you. It's weird when we watch series because I'm always like, oh, what if there's one I haven't watched that really, because even with Ali McBeal, I was like, but what if it moves on and I've missed something and that'd be really good for the podcast? Oh yeah, I'm, I know. I mean, to be honest, I think there's definitely, we'll have to go back and delve into certain things. Um, I think so. With, you know, in the future, in the in the long future that I that I envision for, for Still Legit, you know, we might have guests who want to talk about Sex and City again. I certainly do. Oh, I'd go back there. I'd absolutely go back there. So I mentioned at the end of our last podcast that when Ugly Betty aired, I got three text messages on my little polyphonic ringtone because it was ages ago. I got three messages from different people that didn't know each other being like, you're on TV. Yeah, that is fucking blowing my mind. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind it. No, I mean, look, <laughs> the main thing that I've, in a very not legit way, I mean, America Ferreira is so beautiful. Such a babe. But, I mean, to not ever be told before you're on TV and then a show comes out called Ugly Betty and then you're getting messages being like, there you are. That's true. That's true. <laughs> But I was like, oh, right, okay. That's, I mean, that says it all, which we'll get into in terms of representation at the Mm -hmm. time. But we should probably do a synopsis of Ugly Betty and it's absolutely your turn Uh. after I absolutely mullered big last (laughs) week. (laughs) Oh, great. Uh, This is a tricky one. Okay. Well, we we watched the very first and the very last episode, didn't we? We did. So... Basically, Betty Suarez is a young Mexican woman uh, who applies for a job um, at a big magazine group and ends up getting hired as an assistant to a guy called Daniel Mead, who's been nepotistically handed the reins of this big Vogue-like magazine um, called Mode by his father and it's all based on uh i think it's worth mentioning that it's kind of based mm-hmm. on a colombian telenovela so there are some really big plot lines that we then follow but essentially we follow betty the bitchy bitchy people who work at mode and betty's really In the fashion industry. yeah and betty's lovely family but yeah we're basically seeing her grow as a person and deal with this um 
straight. She's very out of place in the fashion industry because she's ugly Betty. She's ugly. That's the whole thing. Anna's doing quote fingers, by the way. Well, I mean, that's what the show's called, isn't it? It's like, yeah. look at this girl. Ugly she's Betty. ugly. Yeah. So Can I just say mm. that we are one step behind the zeitgeist at every twist oh, and turn God, you're right. of this podcast. In fact, we're one step in front, but we're recording them and then they go out just that because. So I think we did it before, but Little Britain. Yes. Yeah. That we, we got that one. Yeah, we recorded and then it. This, we recorded Anna it. And Winter. I was just going to say we recorded Little Britain and then it got cancelled like three days later. We were like, oh my God, we just recorded an episode about this. Yeah, the power of our podcast that hasn't come out yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because they heard on the one that did go out that they were doing one on them. It was a take and down. they were like, whoa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, okay, so this Anna Wintour has just made a statement apologizing for Vogue's. And her mistake. As as a result of the Black Lives Matter movement, she's come out and said, "We are. I am so sorry for the magazine's um, lack of diversity, lack of use of editors of an ethnic background. Right. Lack of, you know, I put Naomi Campbell on the cover once and then didn't listen to anyone else. That kind of thing. I thought when you said a mistake, I was like, oh, a specific thing. But yeah, it's like Naomi no, Campbell. That's yeah. it. I mean, obviously now the editor is a black man. So there is definitely a move towards... Uh, yes, some diversity but, there. And then someone else, I should have looked into this more, someone else who uh, is a black editor. I didn't even know what the mistake was. You've looked into it way more than I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the black editors was like, has, has come out and put what a nightmare his life was. And it is, it's, he says he hopes on his deathbed Anna Wintour will turn up and actually understand why she's apologising. So, oh yeah. Do you think, is it that, so I can't remember the name of the current editor who took over when Anna Wintour st- stepped down. But No, but I sat next to him oh. at a documentary about Ralph Lauren. Yes, I did. Oh, yes. That you went to with your famous friend. I went to it with my famous friend. And it was bonkers. And they made us sit apart. And no one knew why it was there. Neither did I. Oh, that's so shit. That you went along to, like, be her friend and hold her hand. But she got whisked away mm. into Famesville. But we did, we did, and then we were sitting opposite each other. But the tables were so grand. I got sat next to Jefferson Hack, who's a yeah photographer oh, for high fashion. So it all links back to Ugly Betty. It was all leading to this podcast. Sure. Hmm. Shall we? Should we do a check in? Oh, I think we should because we've gotten into it, and you did a beautiful synopsis. Oh, thank you. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> ah. finally, some some good news on Anderson. <laughs> You're right. So, my love, how are you? I'm very well. I'm. I'm. Tell me. I've spent about well, the best part of a week putting up flat pack furniture that has been sitting downstairs and in your condition. In your condition. Well, actually, there is... Okay, I'll be honest. There's been a lot of me pointing at things and John doing the flat pack furniture. Okay. But when I say we've been putting together flat pack furniture, bear in mind it's been in our house for over a month, a lot of it. Mm -hmm. We just couldn't get it up the stairs. But John felt strong, managed to do it. (laughs) It was a wardrobe, a cart, a, a dresser. And we've broken all of it. <laughs> Why? How? 
Was it because it's well, not very got, good or it's Well, we got a John Lewis wardrobe which Ooh. was we thought extravagant. That's Thank fancy. You. That's real real proper grown-up stuff. Yeah, we got vouchers when people knew we were moving in and we got this John Lewis wardrobe of wait age to put it up and the instructions were bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. First of all, I love that when you move house, people give you John Lewis vouchers. When I move house, people bring over bottles of obscure booze and leave it at my house for the next six years. I think I'd prefer that, mate. <laughs> I think I'd prefer that. Oh, thanks for this what bottle of jo- Sliverwitzer. I'll be drinking that tonight, shall I? Well, my, it was my mum got us a John Lewis voucher for Christmas. Excellent. Excellent present. Excellent Love present. voucher. So we used it towards this wardrobe. The instructions were bonkers. And John said, when we lift that up, the rail is going to snap. And I said, no, look, it's John Lewis. They know what they're doing. It's sturdy. It snapped. And then something else chipped, something else broke. Did he point and like, this is- did he go, I told you, I told, I, no. Anna, I'm the I told you <laughs> in this. <laughs> I think I probably still managed to get an I told you out, even though he said. Oh. I told you. I've told you three years ago never to listen. Don't to me listen when it comes to, to me. I'm pregnant. Yeah, I'm having a child. <laughs> um, and then we built the we slash he built. I think I was on the phone to you actually the whole time. Oh yeah. But he did I that, and it it was it broke. Oh. <laughs> Have you salvaged them? Yeah. Everything's salvaged, but you know, you know, should the baby be sleeping or something with duct tape involved? I don't know. I mean, what, what's not to like? You know what is all over baby clothes? Ducks. What? Ducks. So yeah. duct tape surely is... That is such a terrible joke and you know it and I'm going to let it slide. I'm offended myself because it's not duck, Anna, it's ducked. But oh. does duct tape... Wait, does duct tape have a picture of a duck on it though? Is there... Have they done that? Have they played it on themselves? I don't know. What's it for? It's only for ducks. Duct what's a duct? It's for fixing cots and wardrobes. Yeah. So then I spent most of the weekend writing complaint emails, which sounds like a negative thing, but I fucking live for it. I mean, I was going to say, if you didn't get to say, I told you, then (laughs) how are you going to let that out? I love a complaint. And I know you do too with the type of people. Yeah. Listen, listen. Usually you're with me when I do it. I know that it's like a very, very easy trope for people to go you know how you know someone's really good person it's how nice they are to waiters yes but the thing is Mm -mm. no i'm sorry i've been a waiter for a long fucking time years we're actors don't you know years we were we were both waiters emily was a maitre d and that's really fancy name for a waiter essentially (laughs) um no i know that you weren't you're on bookings sure but I still, hey, I waited a lot. I've been a waiter. Yeah, I know. And I, whatever I do, and Emily, whatever we do, we try and do it to the highest possible standard that we we possibly can. I never do it. That's why I find it so hard to take a shit job because I take a shit job and then I'm like, well, now I care. Great. Now I'm going to try and do this shit job <laughs> that I shouldn't care about and shouldn't be putting effort into to like, I'm, I'm putting all my energy We've got standards. Yeah. We've got standards. When I was just left drama school, I started working at a bowling alley. And then before I knew it, they made me reception manager. 
and I wasn't doing any acting or anything like that. And I remember going to Bristol to do some training. I was like 24 or something like that. And I was like, what has happened to my fun drink on the job <laughs> night shift work? Why has this happened? Yeah. Too fucking dedicated. So if people give you shit service, why do they get a pass just because they're waitresses? They don't get no, passes. We know the paths you can take. In it. And so when people give us shit service, we call it out. And I'm sorry, John Lewis, you're called John Lewis. We're paying John Lewis prices. You provide me with something that's sh- not shit and you don't tell me to pre-drill into a pre-drilled hole. No, you can't pre-drill into a pre-drilled hole. You drill into a pre-drilled hole. There ain't no holes there. Mm-mm. If you couldn't be bothered to pre-drill... Mm-mm. Taking the piss. Taking the absolute piss. I, I mean, look, this is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing where you're like... Why do some people get to get away with doing a really shit job? Yeah. Just by dint of the the type of job that they do. I'm like, yeah. Nah, mate. Across the board, if I had to fucking spray, oh, the shoes, Emily, the shoes. The shoes. Stinky shoes. No, I mean, some, you know, I'm not a squeamish, but some, someone would take off their shoes (sighs) and you'd be like... People, what you could, you know, physically gagging. I'm sorry. I'm sure this is very triggering for a lot of people listening. But oh my fuck! How how can you bring yourself to leave that? The shame. Oh my. The shame. Once I went to the roller disco in Vauxhall. Oh yeah. And when we came to leave, my friend's shoes had been taken. Oh my god. And so they gave her a pair of like size eight Converse or something, some or something. And she was like, these are not my shoes. They're a, a version of the Converse I was wearing, but these are not my shoes. And they were like, oh, well, you just take these ones. <laughs> she was like, well, no, these aren't my shoes. I need my shoes. Well, we can't do anything. She went, right, I'll go home in the skates then. No, can't let you do that. Security suddenly appear. And these shoes were like <laughs> clown shoes and disgusting on someone else's feet. So she had to go home in bare feet. I mean, that's the thing that has, I mean. And she did not complain. I would not have let that go until I got some brand new Converse. Yeah, 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 definitely. And we, we have, you know, when I was working at the bowling alley, we definitely bought some people some brand new Converse because, I mean, how does it happen though? Because if you accidentally, you know, there's a human error thing there, but if you accidentally get the wrong shoes back, you'll be like, these are not my shoes. I don't want to put someone else's shoes on. People just bopping home in someone else's shoes. Mostly men, because here's something I learned about... Oh, upgrade and mm, no, don't care about hygiene. No, that's not even it. The thing that I learned when I was working at a bowling alley was that so many men, grown men, in their 30s and 40s and upwards, do not know their shoe size, do mm. not know what size shoe they take. Do you know what that means? That means they went from the fucking tender care of their parents, a.k.a. their mother, who are buying their shoes, to a wife or girlfriend that is buying their shoes. How can you not know what size? Sort your life out. Any man out there who is listening to this, first of all, (laughs) well done for not turning off when I'm very angry about shoes. I've got a lot going on in my life right now, okay? But if you don't know your shoe size or your collar size or your, like, or you know, or your waist. Educate yourself right now. <laughs> that is the least. You but can you do. know what I mean? It's like, how can we ex- be expecting, you know, allyship and and learning and, and self education in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement, people of color? No, when people are like, 
I don't know what size shirt I get. My my mum buys them all for me. Sort out <laughs> your life. I would love to see that as like a Tinder conversation where someone is like, the first thing that they say on Tinder is, what's your shoe size? And the male would obviously assume it was some kind of joke. Oh. <laughs> We'd be like, no, no, we just need to oh, know oh. that you know your shoe size before we go any further. I, 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 yeah, because I know now we're getting into some fucking bowling alley trauma, but let me tell you how many guys you say shoe size and it's super busy. There's all these people trying to give you shoes and they go, the biggest you have. Well, oh, fuck off. There's two things that are going to happen there, mate. Guaranteed size five. No, I'm going to give you the biggest shoes we have, which is size 14. And then you're going to have to stand there like a Muppet waiting. Uh, excuse, 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 excuse me. Excuse, excuse me. I've, I've, my dick's actually smaller than sorry. this. Sorry. Excuse I do have a smaller penis. Excuse me. Sorry. I actually nine. Oh, a nine. You're a nine, are you? A nine. <laughs> Get out. Oh, actually, you have a, a smaller penis than you were saying you did. Okay. I Fine. just like, come on, mate. Come on. <laughs> very. I've got a lot on my mind, guys. I'm very angry about this. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, I um, my you're right comes from a negative place oh. of, of breaking things, but it comes from a positive place of mm. I do a good complaint. Righteous complaint. I'm the sort of person who will be like, if someone's being loud outside my house, I'm not going to wait till the next day and go, there were people outside being loud all night. I'm going to go outside and be like, guys, could you deal with the problem? Deal with the problem. I'd go Don't halfway fucking there. complain about it. I'd pop up so they can see me at the window looking <laughs> confused. I'm not angry. I just don't understand why anyone would be this loud outside my house. It's so <laughs> funny. Passive. Hey, I mean, I'm just so what we're all saying out is, aggression. So. Absolutely fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. Hey, shall we? Are you ready to get into Hugly Betty? Yeah. What are your memories of Ugly Betty? I remember being very. I remember watching the first one. Mm-hmm. There was quite a lot of build. There was up a lot of hype. It. I remember a lot of hype. Yeah. There was a lot of hype. I don't remember what excited me. Maybe you know, so we had less choice of TV then, and we still got excited about new series. Yeah, probably. Um, I think not on a conscious level, I was very excited to see uh, somebody of colour in mm-hmm. a leading role. Mm-hmm. But again, not on a conscious level at that point, because I haven't woken up yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, because when was it? 2010? 2006. 2006 to 2010, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I re- really remember the hype. And I remember being excited about... so. My best friend growing up uh, is was Spanish, is Spanish, and we went to Latin America together. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I think about that now, I was like, I didn't even have a guidebook, Emily. There was no what internet. What did you go on a gap year? Um, so 2004, maybe, because I, I left school and then I went to work for the council to save some money to go away. Yeah. Yeah. But it was it before Ugly Betty that you went on your it, yeah, it would have been It would have been just yeah, it would have been just before, yeah. Um it was the year I finished uni. I remember I remember that. I all I, well all I was saying was that I I was thinking about going travelling for three months. I was eighteen or nineteen. Didn't have a guidebook, no internet. Like there were you could go to an internet cafe, but obviously the the further yeah. into South America you go, the less reliable that is. <laughs> 
and no fucking guidebook, which is just yeah, because you just literally you're like get off a plane and then you're like, cool. So who no logging on to Trivago and where seeing do I what's go? Through. Yeah, and we just sort <laughs> no. of go up to not people. sponsored by Trivago, but we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so lucky. The stupid things. I but hang on, about. let's just go back. So Bay is your yeah Mexican friend. No, Bayer is sorry. Yes, to go back to the point. She's Spanish, um, and so but we so I used to spend summers at auntie's flat in Spain. Got really into Spanish and Latin American culture. Is basically I was obsessed with Shakira, um, Pedro Almodovar. Big fan of uh, Spanish cinema and Latin cinema. So I was excited because I was like, oh, it's based on and the Colum- the telenovela it's based on is is called. It's really on the nose, the translation. It's, um, Yo soy Betty, la fea. I am Betty, yeah. the ugly. <laughs> I am Betty, Yo the soy ugly. Betty, la fea. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was so, like, telenovelary. Um, and had you seen that? Had you seen that? I think I might have encountered it in some way or maybe I looked it up uh-huh. or something because I got excited about like in a sort of geeky ooh, Spanish way yeah um but sorry that was a very very long tangent um we never apologize for tangents that's true only you apologize for tangents it's I'm sorry for Anna's tangent <laughs> <laughs> thank you um yeah but watching the first episode I felt like, oh, hello, old friends. Yes, I was like, oh yeah, Mark. Oh yeah, oh Amanda. yeah, Daniel Weed. Oh, Justin. Oh, yeah, forgotten all of these wonderful characters, and uh, yeah, I got that. But one thing I didn't pick up when I watched it the first time, mm-hmm. and I actually didn't pick it up until we watched the finale episode. Yeah, or until I watched the finale episode of this one, is that it plays out like a telenovela. Yes, you do have these mad, shocking. Shocking moments yes. that are so obscure and absurd. And we wouldn't be allowed to write them, but they, uh, but then they explore them in today's world. And I really thought that was oh god, I can't believe I didn't notice that. There's a really first fun. Time um, I think Salma Hayek is one of the like executive yes. producers, and there's like a cameo of her playing a, a love triangle maid in a telenovela in on the TV in the Suarez household, which is really fun. Yeah, that's really nice. So, yeah, so, um, and um, when it came out, what were your feelings around it at the time? I can't say. I don't think it's worth even, I I think it was one of those Channel 4 Friday night things where I was like, well, yeah. this is what you watch. Um, yeah, exactly. The choice was limited there. I do think I did have some um, reservations about the um, toxic environment of yeah so let's talk a little bit about that like i mean it's called ugly betty the whole premise is that she goes for a job there and they're like uh uh-huh, no you're but you know basically saying you're too you ugly, ugly to work here and then she's hired specifically so daniel mead doesn't sleep with her because she's so ugly which, yeah which when that is revealed to her within the episode is so brutal mm. i think i i think i had a cry not I mean, this time round. Ashley Jensen reveals it to her. She's meant to be an ally, a friend. She's meant to be one of the sort of 
one of the real, real people who, you know, aren't just fashion lettuce eating. Big, yeah. But she's like, oh, Betty, I'm so sorry, but I actually heard people talking and they said that you were hired specifically because you're too ugly to fuck. You know, and you're like, yeah. I don't... I don't think you needed to tell her that. Okay, I'll see you in the canteen. <laughs> Thank you, friend. This, But the, the first body shaming comment comes in, I would say, at around five minutes, where her sister says to her son, you're a man, you don't need to worry about. Mm. Oh, he says, I can't eat that, I'll get fat. Yes. And she says to him, you're a man, you don't have to worry about what you look like. And I wondered this, a question for you. Because it's reflecting the vapid nature of the fashion industry, yeah, does it get a pass for those comments like that? Well, it's interesting because having watched the first and last episode, you're still getting things in the last episode, four years on, Mark, at one point, some mud splashes in Betty's face and, she, and Mark goes, <gasps> the indigenous look, it suits you. It's awful. Right? It's awful. And I feel like, not skipping to the end of where we decide whether this is legit, but some of the issues it raises are spot on. For, I mean, it was 2006 mm-hmm. to 2010, but some of the jokes that are made at the expense, the punching down, that isn't part of driving the plot on, never gets redemption, never yeah. gets taught or learned. Are <clears> awful. <throat> and there were some where I was like, oh, but the indigenous look, I was like, oh my God, did he just say that? Yeah. And I think it's really important what you said about Anna Wintour, it's like the fashion industry has prided itself on being a hostile, bitchy environment for decades. Mm -hmm. It's all about restraint and and measuring up, constantly measuring up to um, what is undoubtedly an, an impossible standard of skinniness whiteness beauty hair you know every single uh, riches that's i mean that's why you know you know everyone's got plastic surgery and it's mad oh my god can i just tell you okay just skipping back to the ralph lauren documentary yeah Evening. yeah 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 first of all the anxiety that i mean i was essentially without going for a job ugly betty in that situation <laughs> i just felt <laughs> like because everyone, everyone's so high fashion and they live for fashion. Mate, I, I totally feel get like it. they can smell the high street on you. Absolutely. And oh, I have and they can. proof of that. Even the door lady, when I left, smelled the high street on me. Um, and they kept getting <laughs> my name was written down wrong everywhere. And I was like, oh my God, even in my name, they know I'm not worth <laughs> them remembering. But I was wearing a whistles play suit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you know those silver H&M shoes that... Oh, I love them. I think... Or maybe they're ASOS. I don't know. But the ones I wore to I that wedding. so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, love those. Yeah, babe. And I was so paranoid about what I was wearing, what I looked like, whether my hair was right, whether I'd done my makeup, whether they could smell it on me. And when I... And everyone was very lovely to me, but I did feel out of place. Of and then when I left, there were loads of cars picking up all these <laughs> fashionistas. And I was like, what's the situation with the cars? And she went, oh, if you need an Uber, you can call one from over there. And I thought, how do you know? How do you know I don't belong here? Oh, is it because you were smuggling prawns in your pocket that you had like a pocket full of no i did take <laughs> two gift bags and of, of candles yeah yeah did i get did i get a gift bag no i didn't 
I did not. Yeah, well, because one of them didn't even have a candle in, then the other one had two in. That, I mean, I'm sure the listeners are accounting here and they're going, well, one of those should have been for Anna, because look at her. She needs a candle more than anyone. But Yeah, well, I missed, do you know what? I was actually going to give one of the candles away. I can't say that it was for you because you might get it this Christmas. <laughs> but it was specifically a Ralph Lauren uh, holiday candle and I missed Christmas where I would have given it to someone and then I mean your birthday came round Anna I can't give you a holiday candle yeah buy me a present bitch <laughs> and I did I don't want you and I did okay I take it back but my, my, I didn't realise you were going to gift it to me for like a major <laughs> a major oh you'd be like oh look I've got two of these not Oh, wow. Anna, could you be quiet? I'm digging a hole over here and I'm trying to concentrate. <laughs> also, can I just say, we were just screaming like, I can't, oh, we don't want to wear it on another person's shoes. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, those shoes that I borrowed to go to a wedding. <laughs> yeah, but you know my feet. Yeah, I know them well. My feet and your feet are very good friends. Yeah, they're quite similar, actually. Mm -hmm. size. Mm -hmm. I had a point and I absolutely can't remember it. Just that the fashion about... industry is a fucking catty place. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. And that is what... And I think that's something that we've really moved past is it was aspirational. Like even when you look back at at Sex and the City, you know, you're aspiring to high fashion ideals. Like, so, you know, that's what Carrie is doing. Yeah. The reason why we base a, a show around modes, offices, mode basically being Vogue, is because everyone's like, that is a creme de la creme. That is where I want to be. That is, and Justin, the, the nephew of Betty, is dreaming about that, you know, as a young gay man. Yeah. But I just don't think that's very fashionable anymore. And the fashion industry is really, it hasn't moved. I think it thought it was unassailable. And it hasn't yes. moved quickly enough to try and address things at the pace that other industries, slow as yeah, they are. A li too little, too late. Yeah. There's been so many opportunities. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They just feel very ivory tower about this thing of like, well, I'm sorry, but high fashion, we need them to be six foot tall and anorexic and white. And, and that's what we need. And that's, it's very the cart before the horse, you know. Um, yeah. But what do we think then of Betty in that world and how she's portrayed in that world? Because um, I'll ask you the question and then I'll please. carry on talking. <laughs> well, I just think, you know, within that episode, we have a young boy who, I mean, we assume and it's probably wrong to assume, but that he is gay. We do have him coming out yeah. later, but he's, a, you know, a, a camper young mm. man. We've got Mark, who is openly gay. Yeah. We've got Vanessa Williams, um, which we haven't talked about yet, who's a queen. We've got Vanessa Williams, who's just... I don't think I've ever seen that. So, I walked past her in Soho oh, once. She's fucking stunning. Oh, God. She was doing a play here, and I was like, how? I've never wanted to just be like, ah, just grab someone and be like, know that I oh exist. Oh, my God. I bet her hands are so soft. Oh, oh she's just woman. great. And she plays that character so mm -hmm. amazingly as well. Yeah. And then we put Betty into this world who is there, like we say, because she is quote unquote yeah. ugly. Well, I would say it's it walks the line quite well because she mm -hmm. is such a charming character. She's so lovely. Yeah. Um and she doesn't really let herself get eaten down very much, you know. She doesn't make except no. After Ashley Jensen has been very mean and said, you just don't think you can, you know, no one would actually sleep with you. She goes to the shoot and for, it's very kind of um, 
unbelievable, but she sort of asked to stand in for one of the models. Or this guy who wants who's, who wants to is has led Daniel to say, "Why don't you try and make her quit?" Yes. Which is such a weak. Yes, <laughs> but it but, but it really anyway. does. It's really pulling from that. There's a there's a there's a section where he's revealed as being in cahoots with um with Wilhelmina Vanessa Williams' character, and um cheersing her kind of and it's so telenovela it's so yeah. sort of days of our lives kind of thing yeah where it's like oh we will bring them down from the inside but yeah so she puts on all this pvc wear and goes to do the shoot and it's it's actually heartbreaking i cried oh that's yeah. where i cried she's that's posing cried. so picture this guys if you don't see it these two humiliating you know glamazons these six foot five beautiful skinny women wearing the this pvc outfit her stood in the middle being about five foot two and what, a size 12, size, size 14 12? max. But she's wearing these yeah. PVC things because she's like, I'm going to call their bluff. If they're going to force me to do this to try and get me to leave, fuck you, I'm going to do it. And the whole of the fucking assembled people on this shoot, which for a fashion shoot, there's fucking billions of them all around, just laughing, just okay. openly laughing at her. And of course yeah. this is in the TV, but it's just, ah. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. I don't think I, when I watched it the first time, will have understood that pain. Yeah, yeah. Like I do now. now. You've been to Ralph Lauren's Maybe I had documentary. <laughs> oh my God, I've just remembered what I wanted to say about Ralph Lauren. The surgery, the surgery, the surgery, the oh surgery. Oh God, yes, yes. This is the point you were making. Go on. I'm like, you guys are so rich. Why your face looks so mash up? It's because it's... It's the same thing. It, it's exactly the same thing as people who get face tattoos or like cover their face in piercings or whatever. You go into a subset of society, you choose to be in a certain strata, right? You're like, I'm a punk, therefore I'm going to yeah. get a, a face Do tattoo. Do you mean like they wear their surgery like a, a badge? Or- yeah, everyone. I mean, they probably wouldn't want to to say that's what it is, but it's tribal. If all the people with so money... It's not- have those fucking ridiculous cat faces. It was cat face. So much cat face, but just also the shininess well, it's of it. Well, because you're so tall. And listen, do what you want, okay? That, that's our motto, oh, do, do what you fucking want. want. But, and yeah. there's there's that real thing of like, if you step out of line in such a judgmental industry, or, yeah. you know, uh the only thing I can think of to say is like strata of society. If you step out of yeah. life, you go, you know what? I'm just going to choose to age gracefully. You are making a huge statement and you will become down upon. But Anna, there's Nicole Kidman type surgery where she's very successfully Benjamin buttoning. That, no, I know, I know. But then there's, but then there's other people that are just as rich. And I'm like, there is better surgery than that available to you. Yeah, but I think you, you go into that space, don't you? I think it was Christian Dior. Was it Calvin Klein? Was it Christian Dior? Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein, yeah. It was Christian Dior's terrifying. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Some of the people in the documentary were, were I just dead. got a message from Josie, our number one fan. If you think you're the number one fan, then, you know, let us know. Send us, send us cake. <laughs> um, but she's just said, Hand shandies, what are you on, Anna? Anyway. <laughs> Someone's listening to a previous yeah. episode. Anyway, sorry to. Um, <laughs> You're getting me in trouble, by the way, because you shout out your friends all the time 
And my friends who have listened to this are like, you literally never shout anyone oh, out. Well, and that's because I like to pretend that <laughs> everyone listening doesn't know us and they're from all whereas I'm, the world. <laughs> whereas I'm really, really excited about having friends. <laughs> um, no, but you're, you know, I think you then go into a space of essentially body dysmorphia. You know, mm. I, um, I'm going to do it again. I'm sorry, but shout out to Nico because I know he listens. But my ex um, was a fashion photographer, is a fashion photographer. And yeah, like you take these photos of these amazing models and so on. And they're all 13 year old Latvian girls. And they're, yeah. they're super skinny. They're prepubescent. And they're obviously like beautiful, you know, waifly cults who just look like all arms and legs and massive eyes and stuff yeah do you say 30 year old no one 13, three? one 13. Three zero? i'm talking about oh. prepubescent teenage girls who are, are not from this you know they don't come from london so they've been scouted and then they've moved here and it's it's just like whoa um i can't i can't really remember now but i'm sure there must have been a discussion of me being like, but you're around these models all the time. And him being like, but they're, they are children. And if you grow up, if you grow up into that space, I think how can you have a balance? Like someone like Nicole Kidman has been famous and living in that space for, I mean, how old is she? 102. <laughs> I'm just wow. saying like, fucking hell. Tired, she's, <laughs> that is not her face. Not her and there's nothing wrong with it because it is amazing surgery whatever but everyone's starting to look the same and it's freaking me out well, okay mm. so mm. linking that back what i love then what i really love about betty is her her refusal to change i think that was such a smart choice there are people trying to change like even in the, the finale of season through. four her sister changes her glasses and she's got some smashing outfits they are smashing they are smashing. But she has her own style and her own glasses. And retains that. Were this a she's all that scenario, she would have gotten a makeover from Mark and Amanda and then she would get contacts and a haircut and this, that and the other. Well, she doesn't. I even <clears throat> thought in episode one, I was expecting Christina to be like, babe, I've got you back. Come to wardrobe yeah. and I'll get you some. No. That doesn't happen. Because her style is embraced. And also, I remember in the series, she gets with some yes. hotties. It's not like she is too ugly yes. to date. I remember the episode where she has her braces off. She she gets with some hotties. It's really, really, you know, we were doing a bit of reading around this. And it is inspiring for people who don't look like Amanda, who is like this sort of Barbie. Yeah. Who's great, actually. And I haven't seen her in much since. No, but do you know who she reminds me of? Lucy McCormick. Yes, it's something in the mouth. Doesn't she? Yeah. Get in the mouth. Also a hot, hot, hot blonde. So, you know. Oh, so hot. If anyone doesn't know who Lucy McCormick is, she's a great performer. <laughs> she doesn't need our shout out. She does out, a lot of live stuff. Amazing. She doesn't need our shout out at all, but she'll like the shout out You just sounded so, um, <laughs> you sounded really concerned. <laughs> like a, listen, guys, guys. Listen, listen, listen to me, people. Focus in, focus in. Huddle in, huddle in. amazing. She is amazing. Excuse me, could you stop texting? I need to tell you this, okay? <laughs> You're right. Anna Brophy, are you all right? Yeah, I've got to say that 
watching the last episode of Ugly Betty, spoilers guys, um, she, um, she goes to London and there's a montage of her walking around the big Trafalgar yeah. Square and crossing the Millennium Bridge and uh, on the South Bank having drinks. A lot of time at the South Bank. Yeah, yeah, a lot of time at the South Bank. And also I was like, wow, this must have been a really fucking boring shoot for her. They're just like, okay, just walk across here, walk past Big Ben. Walk, smile, smile. Walk across smile. seven dials, pretending to be on the phone, wear this coat, wear that coat. But I was just like, I miss London. Oh, fuck, yeah. She ke- she comes out of Piccadilly Circus Station, the exit that I come out of, and she's walking, and I was like, there's my boots. <laughs> I miss Whole Foods. Weirdly, I just watched um, The Killing Eve. I just watched that. I think it's the yeah the last I one, so I won't spoil them, it. Yeah. But there's mm-hmm. a moment where Villanelle is at Bank Station, mm-hmm. and I know we've talked about Bank before. She's probably still there, mate. Like, nah, <laughs> nah, don't buy it. She wouldn't be there. She wouldn't. Have, she wouldn't find a way out. She's probably still there. <laughs> She's there. Yeah. But yeah, I miss London. I miss London. It's gonna be. I think that's gonna be the weirdest thing, is how long it is before me and you were working in Soho together. Don't cry. Oh, don't cry. Oh, don't cry, sweet baby. I hate it. So yeah, I yeah. miss London, but it's also it also reminds me that I love London. So yeah, that's it. It was a really nice, and you know what? What was it, Anna? It was a montage. So I was happy. Emily was right there for it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not the best because it didn't move the story on. It just established London. Well, it sort of established a... her relationship with London that she's thriving, but um, you know. Yeah, we'll come to the how she yeah. bumps into Daniel in that. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. So I also wanted to talk to to move us on to talk about um, Daniel Mead as a leading man. Yes. What are your thoughts? Um, his to say he's running a magazine. His outfits were so whack. <laughs> Expecting that word to come out of your mouth. That was fantastic. He, but they are. He's got pinstripe trousers with a checked shirt. He looks like he's going to sell you a really. He looks like a a loud insurance broker. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, fucking hell. He looks like a baby ostrich that has just hatched. He's got this fluffy hair, and he's meant to be this. Lothario ladies boy is such a to- le- ladies man sorry it's such this toxic um he doesn't really pull it off to the degree I think he hasn't got the suavete but I quite which I like do like that. yes I feel like that's nice because he also doesn't have it in him he's living a life that he thinks he mm, should live yeah I think. you're right you're right but this is and bear in mind the love story with him and Betty. And even at the end when he's like, stop. He has morals. He has yes, ethics. But, okay. Okay, but also he's completely hairless and I had to call that out. Like, he's, and he's, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't respect you. You've he's got completely no hairless. Hair. He's topless. What always fascinates me, and this is why I bring it up, is the, the men that are chosen for us as female viewers to, um, fantasize about essentially they're like 
Yeah. Here you go. This is what you want. A, a pale as the fuck as milk, completely pasty, hairless man who actually has no, you know, is be- caught between a dad bod and a skinny and a skinny, like, geeky body shape. He's not got abs or anything like that. Were we meant to lust after Daniel? Yeah. Who else were we meant to lust after? Were Mark. We? There are no other straight men in the show. Who? who? Betty's dad. Betty's dad Hello. is a fitty, actually. Ignacio. Oh, Ignacio. Por favor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's such a good cook. <laughs> but, yeah, I think... I think definitely. Who would you like to have played him? Um, Childish Campino. <laughs> I really John Ham. John Ham. <laughs> Listen, right? Me oh and Anna, shit! Uh, had a conversation last week. Uh, we were like, "Why aren't we recording oh this?" It was and an accident. Swear, it was notes, an accident. The initial in my notes for Ugly Betty, I've just written down places where we can. Squeeze in a chat about Listen. John Ham. Like someone mentions a tripod at some point, and I've written John Ham. John Ham I accidentally, mark. I think I was googling John Ham because I fancy John Ham. I can't remember. No, that can't be. No, it. you said to me, no. I was. Oh yeah, why did you? I was googling. I was googling him. I was googling him for some reason, just to look at something nice and, before bed. Oh yeah, probably such a such a beautiful man. Um. And then, you know, when it gives you the, the search suggestions, and and I do tend, I try to resist clicking on those because a lot of the time you Google an actress and it says Anna Brophy, husband, Anna Brophy, shoe um, size, height, Anna Brophy, exactly. It's like Anna Brophy. It's always like Daily Mirror clickbait yeah. kind of stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to fucking click Kim Kardashian butt or whatever. But, but, <laughs> to speak of butts. But what kept coming up as I was scrolling through, it's like, oh, it, it keeps doing these cosmopolitan things that John Ham penis. I was like, what is this? Oh my God, we went down the rabbit so she hole. she tells me about it the next day and I'm like, we have to click it. What is this? And first we were outraged that oh Cosmopolitan would... Everyone stop and Google it right now. We were outraged that someone would objectify John Ham like this. And we started off being like, oh my God, Leave him alone. There's so many articles about his penis, and we don't let Which, we we stand up spoiler and say, alert, stop guys, doing that to women. Fucking huge, it's so big, it's huge. <laughs> and so we because, went. Yeah, we did. We oh, went from complete we outrage did. to oh my god, the hamaconda, <laughs> and then being like, oh oh my god, Emily, have you clicked on this one? Emily, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's a full. The thing is. And there are some bad things where people are shaming him, being like, oh, we've got to talk about it because it's flopping around. It's not flopping oh, around. He's got an enormous penis like, and he's got to put it somewhere. He was so being, it, like, and sometimes it's visible told that he through was his trousers. Flaunting it or what did you say? Yeah, flopping around. Yeah. We're like, no, it's not. He's got, he's got what do you want him to it's do? Just, he's a very photographed man and he's got a penis in his trousers that just and he's taken a step. To be a snake. But my 
Goodness I've never seen me. Like it. Never anyway. <laughs> seen like anyway, it. So then, obviously, oh accidentally, we go to the image search, and then there's this whole room about Idris Elba because there's a picture, and that turns out to be a mic wire. Oh my! Then we end up in a conversation how it so can't be a mic wire with John Hamm. <laughs> and I was like, "This is a no," whole because mic wires don't have helmets. <laughs> Imagine if I'm we were sorry, on the tube, but like when you could just see the full, the everything, Absolutely every everything. outline. My my god, my god! I really recommend that you don't objectify him, leave him alone, but also do Google it, have Please a look, don't. but for research. Also, so John Ham just... should have played Mark. Got you, not Mark, Daniel. God, he Daniel. Oh my god, he would have been amazing, but maybe he would have just been too fine. Yeah, but I love Daniel's a wet blanket. There is a certain Bambiness to Daniel. Bambi is a perfect description. Yeah, Emily. thank you. Bambi. Then yeah. it kind of leads on to that whole kind of will they won't they with him and Betty as well. But can I just bring to light in the first episode? Yeah. There's a bit where they're trying to sort of torture her, and making her stay late and all this yeah. stuff, and he. He's at his swanky apartment or whatever, and he's just slept with Amanda. Oh, and she's God. basically sleeping with him to sort of sleep his, her way to the top. And it's very much, Amanda particularly, is very much, I weaponized my sexuality yes. to try and get what I want from men. And it's 2006. Yeah. And that's the only way I know how to, um, like, A, I, I act around, suspicious around women because there's only room, room for one woman. Yeah. And... So I'm bitchy about other women, and I'm uh, use my body, body as a weapon with men. Basically, the opposite to Betty. Yeah, exactly. And she learns a lot from Betty. Doesn't she? But he basically then he, so he's just slept with her, and she leaves, and she looks fantastic. And then in comes another girl, and I was watching some bullshit thing the other night of, and, and oh, this girl who opens her Mac. It's so trashy opens her Mac and chucks it and it's like she's this faceless blonde with stockings and suspenders on and blah. not her she was gorgeous obviously but what was I watching is it this Adam Sandler film I watched a snippet of called Funny People or something like that was Seth Rogen anyway Adam Sandler's meant to be this comedian and sleeps with one girl and then sleeps with his friend her friend straight afterwards and I'm like who are all these guys? What guys? I'd love to hear. Do you want to sleep back to back with yeah, one woman that? after another? What was that? I didn't like that. I'm don't like, you? Aren't you? Don't have the energy, and you're dirty. You haven't even had a shower. Aren't you tired? You know, aren't you tired? Have a nap. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, that is. I I think that's one of those. That's one of those fake news things that guys are sold. Like, yeah, go all night. Different run back rambit, to back. Rambit, yeah, and then I fucked her, and then I fucked her, and then I was like, uh, is that actually, though, don't you just want to go to sleep? <laughs> Have a lovely I don't know. Night. I mean, guys, if you, if you want, if you're all about the back-to-back partners, let me know. Um, but I'm, um, yeah, other than that, um, I think it's selling a, a kind of... Yeah, a fake fantasy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, do you remember... In uh, it's a later season. Do you remember when Alex's transgender sister 
comes back to take. Yeah. That was one of the first. So they were born as Alex and they come back as Alexis. And they come, had this whole storyline. But Alexis isn't just the transgender one. If you know what I mean. It's, Mm -hmm. they have their, it's a fully round, it's a fully rounded character. Alexis is played by a, a cis woman. But yeah, that yeah. was, mm-hmm. think about what year that came out and a whole storyline about not being accepted by your family, having your own struggles. But also, I really remember there were jokes like where Alexis's, Alexis became the punchline as in like tranny jokes or transphobic jokes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and, and, well, I, and that's why I call back to these things where you're like, oh my God, for a storyline of something. In 2006 to 2008, that was so progressive, but they didn't quite pull it off. Well, no, I mean, and I don't think we can, I mean, considering, you know, like the Little Britain episode, Mm. you know, it's amazing that from a representation point of view, the show really is very, um, it flip-flops because obviously fashion is so fickle. and That is kind of what it's trying to say. You know, it is sort of saying that in at the same time as glorifying Absolutely. it in a certain way. Yeah. We're still meant to be wowed by it. Yeah. But, you know, the Suarez family, there is a single mom, her her gay son who comes out. Um, the dad who turns out is there illegally. He's an illegal immigrant. And then you have, like you say, Alexis. There is a lot of love for the people and Mark as well, yeah, we Mark should say, you know, it now it seems now, oh yeah, there's the gay character, but that's not always the case right. at all. And they had him know? coming out to his mum, I think. Yeah. And helping Justin come helping out as well. Justin come out. Yeah, there's this real um love of misfits, those people that are not immediately accepted into regular society. Yes. And I think it's it's worth mentioning that Fashion can do that for a lot of people. Yes, yes. In its best sense, fashion is a way and a world where people who grew up in small town bumfuck nowhere, gay or different or this, or you know, really, really tall or with a really unusual face yes. or what, what have you, they're like, this is where, this flamboyant world where actually eccentricity is celebrated. That's such a good point. You know, you look, there's there is something very freeing and exciting about that. It's just there is also a lot of poisonousness within standards yeah. mm. that trickles down and becomes oppressive. The, I think the size thing is really um, from beginning to end. Betty is used as an example of a fat woman. Yes, and she's not she's fat not at all. At all. But then her uh, her weight doesn't ever mm-hmm. really it's not like it's i mean she has made the punchline of some jokes so say they'd cast somebody that was a bigger size mm-hmm. i think i mean it's worse i think now it's worse to say to equate fat with ugly in that way anyway but her weight is the it doesn't be, it doesn't hold her back if you know what i mean and she doesn't suddenly become skinny and she never is yes. put on a diet it's just fat for that industry yes yeah yeah but it is used, she's used as the butt of, of, that's, you know, that, you know, in the last episode, Vanessa Williams goes, oh, I want to trim the fat. And Mark is like, but Betty's oh, already leaving. You know, so there's stuff like that. And you're like, if you are a woman that size and 
or bigger and you're watching a very attractive and and shapely woman who's the star of the show being constantly called fat and ugly when actually she is just and I do think there's something to be said about there is an equating of Mexican not to say oh you're Mexican so you're ugly but like there there is there is a tinge of that like you are in a white person's world and you are Mexican you wear glasses you, you have, have a big braces, poncho that says and you're not skinny Guadalajara on Guadalajara. it yeah it does feel like unconsciously or whatever however you want to see it there is some equating to you are not white you don't really fit in here and those are the signal because she because she's not actually quote-unquote ugly yeah. she's very beautiful those are the signifiers that indicate you're meant to think you've this got woman someone is ugly. like Hilda who's very glamorous and I thought I had a little bit of a problem with every other Latina woman is trashy or dresses a bit trashy they're in Queens it's you know it's I think yeah but like I think there's that no, is, there is no you know, in between it's Betty or or trashy I know that that is to juxtapose with her as well yeah, the thing is, I don't actually see Hilda Hilda's as not as trashy. trashy. I think they dress her. That she's very wise. That's actually. that very like. She's very wise. Yeah. She's a great actress. Yeah. But I think you know, I would maybe shy away from. Oh, it's a horrible word, but it was. That's it's a Latin style, like yeah, like it's a New York Latin style Latina yeah vibe, you know, to oh, it's Chola just, style. Yeah, I just thought of something though. Um, Walter, when she breaks up with her boyfriend, oh my! And God, she is Walter. incensed by right his new beginning. relationship because he seems to have windows that amplify her, him talking. And also, she's like, "I can see you rubbing it in my face." Turns out it's not him, but I'm like, "But you live on the same side of the road." From her house, she sees into his window, three doors down on the same side of the road, and hears them. I was like, this guy's window, this is so, come on, this is a bit of a hole. That's not his that house. Gina's that's house. Gina's house. Yes, true. This is my favourite, um, these are my favourite <laughs> of your gripes. But <laughs> you, you, you will always notice, you're like, how can how they, can be, they heard? be heard? <laughs> At least have the window open so yeah. she can hear him. Yeah, but you're right. She walks past. Yeah. Oh, Walter, you're such a big boy. I'm like, oh my God, what? <laughs> I loved wow. it. But no, I really liked it. And also, okay, so and we've got this amazing working class family. And um, like I said, we deal with the fact mm-hmm. of immigration, um, leaving leaving home when family is such a, a central thing. And I really wonder, because I don't actually, yes. I don't actually know anybody of a Latino background, apart from a therapist. Mm-hmm. Don't want to ask her about Ugly Betty. We're not quite there yet. But how important <laughs> it was to them, because this was... Okay, so I read this thing. It was a Los Angeles Times article, and it was only written, it was written this year about the importance of Ugly Betty to young Latino women, because especially mm-hmm. since it was aired in America, you hear about the American dream, the American dream, the American dream... But never was that ever pictured as anyone who wasn't white. And Ugly Betty kind of is this American dream coming to life finally for someone who isn't white. Uh, caveat, she has to be ugly to do it. But I, I think it probably was the first of its kind to have a 
a, a leading Latino lady. It must have had a positive effect in terms of of you know Mexican and South American, Central American yes. immigrants in the US feeling like they were represented yeah. and having a voice in such a positive way. I mean, particularly the family unit is yes. so, and I think that's um, that is often a, a kind of across the board with immigrant families. You know, family is first. You you've come here and you, that is mm-hmm. all you have. You know, they have this really loving, tight-knit. And I I wanted to get onto this. This isn't the smoothest segue, but it really fucking pissed me off at the end of the first episode when Daniel Mead, who has basically caused Betty to to leave and quit her job. And she's then, you know, she's trying to, she's trying to get some medicine for her dad who's not well, but they've changed the rules and so on. And, which is such a lovely B story, you know, which is, by the way. It's a really lovely B story. It's also a really, um, I think, a really realistic. I mean, I think any child of an immigrant, particularly if they don't speak very good English, knows this thing of having to like leave school because yeah. their mum's got a hospital appointment, so you have to go and, and they, translate. They didn't them, need to that do that. Like, you see this lovely working class family, but they chose to show. The, being the victim of this, this system that is failing them in such a subtle way. But yes, yeah, sorry, Daniel. It's, yeah. Well, it's really important to remember as well that the showrunner who brought the show, you know, from, you know, who transferred it from the Colombian show into Ugly Betty, uh-huh. he's Mexican. He's, I think, I think he committed he suicide yeah. quite recently, actually. Um, yeah. But um, actually, I, I want to say he's Mexican. He's definitely... From South uh-huh. or Central America, I, I, I actually can't. We tell won't you fact check, Mexico. but if you're interested, go look. Yeah. So, speaking from a place of knowledge, you know, speaking from a very empathetic place. But Daniel comes in, and I think that's why the the family feels mm-hmm. so authentic. It's really lovely, um, and it's mentioned a lot, I think, in reviews and stuff. But so Daniel comes in, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, sorry." Sorry about that. Can you actually, I want to use your idea because <laughs> yes. um, it was really good and I fucked up and I'm, I've been a horrible bastard to you. And she gives this fucking amazing, yeah. she's such a good actor. She gives this amazing speech. Oh, sorry, you've got problems, have you? Because you don't know what problems are. been handed this, you don't know what problems are. You've not been on the phone trying to get medicine for your sick dad. You haven't been figuring out what you're going to do because you, have you haven't had to do tonight. bullshit jobs just to keep a job because you need a job yeah and he then fucking turns around and i think this is one of the things that i'm like yeah. ding, ding 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 this is not legit and this would not fly now if you make it now he says with all sincerity like they're not shaming him for saying this he's like my brother died so yeah i there know what pain no point not the fucking <laughs> yeah. saying mate where do you think her mum is? Where do you think her fucking mum is? What are you talking about? You're, it's not the same. He did not listen. Guess what? He did not listen. Yeah. It's, it, it was the white yes. privilege of like, well, uh, let me top actually, Trump. You think you You'd be surprised to know with. I do have problems. Not, oh my God, I see where you're coming from. I'm so sorry. I've been a dick. Uh, people, uh, every single brand of person dies. You die. I die, black people die, everyone dies, right? So you don't get to say like, (laughs) yeah, no, I get it because 
because someone I know has died. <laughs> it was awful. Because you get to have that happen to you without any of the other stuff she just discussed. You also, don't have to worry about the rent. Do that in a conversation. No. I'm having such a... You, you don't know what problems are because this is happening. This is my life. And he's in her home and he's like, oh, I got, I've got problems. So can you help me? Because <laughs> and she's I'm like, a white oh, guy <laughs> that's been given a job that I can't do over and above uh, a black woman yeah. who is qualified for the job. You know, there's yeah. lots of issues like that. Yeah. Because Daniel, we're meant to feel for and and, and empathise with him as a character, but essentially it's a fucking bullshit nepotism white guy thing where they've been like, also, let's give this white man over a black woman. Does he, he know what he's doing. Does he credit Becky, uh, Betty for it? She doesn't let him credit her. He sort of goes to say, well, actually, the idea was Betty's. And she goes, he says, well, the idea was one of his best. She jumps in. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck that shit, bitch. bitch no. get on this. You just had an op. Yeah. And again, there's, to me, it's just the whole of that side of the storyline. It's like, the only reason we like Daniel Mead is because we want the white guy to succeed. Look at the pretty white boy. Oh, <laughs> he deserves it though because he's quite a nice boy. No, Wilhelmina's been working for how long? That was her job. As an job. assistant, she's worked her way up. Yeah. Sure, she's an evil cow. Doesn't mean she's not qualified for the job. To be honest, but that's the thing. It's like, how does, in that scenario, how does a woman of colour get to that point by being fucking cutthroat? There's... Because how else you don't get the opportunities. Yeah. And that's why she plays her so well as well. And, uh, spoiler, it gives her somewhere to go because we are like... But I don't yeah. I don't remember ever watching it thinking she deserves this. She deserves... You mean... She deserves the company. She deserves what she wants. She's she's pushed to us as this cutthroat businesswoman. But, and now I watch it and be like, she fucking deserves it. But I don't think at the time I ever watched it thinking, well, Wilhelmina should have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we are we are very much sold hook, line, and sinker. Daniel Mead, the playboy son of this um, magazine magnate, mm-hmm. who has no experience in that field at all. We should want him to succeed. Yes. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we are. You're absolutely right. And why? Why on earth should he be given that fucking opportunity? He's been yeah. given every other opportunity. Can he not make something for himself? Well, with Betty's help, he'll yeah. learn and grow. But I mean, yeah. in the last episode, she's like, I've got a job in London. He burns her application form. And I think that's such a great, I mean, actually on the nose way of showing the, I just touched my nose as if you need to see, um, <laughs> on the nose way of saying how Such people can get nose. trapped in those jobs and you're still being... yeah. Absolutely manipulated. Yeah. Oh, we've done a lot for you, Betty, he says. We've actually invested a lot in you. Oh, yeah. And not to mention, when he decides that he can't do without her, then he offers her a bigger job and this and that. It's, I'm sure there's loads of people out there. Exactly. Loads of people out there who, and actually I've just remembered, like, my friend uh, who lives in New York now, but who worked in the fashion industry here, um, for big brands, you know, Vivian Westwood, that sort of thing. And it was always, they worked her, worked her, worked her, worked her, worked her. And then when she was like, well, I'm moving to this company, they'd be like, oh, uh, 
well, okay, well, we can give you this, we can give you that. It's like, but why didn't you, why didn't you let me do that? Why was I getting phone calls at 4am? And now you're saying, yeah, there's no... Why does it take that point? There's no um, appreciation in the moment. It's only just like, okay, we'll do this to stop and that again, person leaving. He's never held to account for that. He no. he goes, okay, it was you know you're you're leaving, aren't you? And then yes, he does sign it, but that's really toxic work culture that is never it's really manipulative. Addressed. It's it's emotionally manipulative. Yeah, it's trapping a person mm-hmm. through. Don't you care about me? I've done a lot for you. Yeah, you've got a lot to thank me for. And when she when when she goes through and she's like she's struggling with how she's going to say to him, and then you know it turns out Mark very meanly has already sent an email saying yeah. that he's taking that job in London. So so Daniel already knows about it when she runs into the room and it's like I need to tell you something. He plays it like oh no it's all fine oh don't worry Betty it's fine. Such a fucking like. Toxic masculinity trait. Dick move, exactly. Because it's like, if you're having a feeling, express it now. It's a John Hamm dick move. Massive dick move. (laughs) One thing that's definitely not legit is Mm. the music that is playing at her leaving do. (laughs) And they go, I love this song. No, you don't. Why? No, you fucking don't. And also you're dancing to not that song. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. Even the song for the mo- the London montage, I was like, oh, this is a strange choice. Yeah. Yeah. Is this someone's the music friend's is band? so extra in the whole series, it which I absolutely so love. Extra. And it's got that telenovela. Like, dun, dun, it feels like at any moment it could be like, dun, dun, dun. You know, yeah. But it doesn't quite true. do it. But then, you know, then they choose an indie. Thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pop. It was bad. It was bad. So I guess we have to ask now. Mm. Ugly Betty. Legit or not legit? I think it's still legit. I think it's definitely worth rewatching. I think the clangs are so obvious now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you, you kind of feel them a little bit on a visceral level in the same way as if you watch Friends. Obviously, yes, at some point we will do a Friends episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. You're like, oh, punchline gay, punchline gay. Everything's, oh, gay sex is just always the punchline, you know. And yeah, so all the all the kind of fat shaming and stuff like that, and this obsession with beauty and and ugliness. Um, but but I think the reason why it's still legit is because overall we are being told, don't be like these people, be like Betty. Yes, yeah, be like Betty. So even though it is glorified in some some way, everyone has something to learn from Betty. Yes. And that's why I would say it's still legit. I think that's a beautiful reason for it still being legit. And I'd absolutely agree. Um, there are there are problems in it. And there are jokes made that are definitely not legit. Even if you are showing people that would say things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's lazy and it's cheap. Because there's yeah. no redemption for those characters. But... Yeah. I feel like if it was made now, they'd be gone. And the stories that do shine through in it are really quite clever. Yeah. Cleverly done and progressive for its time and still relevant today, like really relevant. I mean, I think I can't imagine if you were a young, uh, closeted man of colour and watching Justin's 
journey coming out. Yeah. That you wouldn't feel like this is saying something for me, you know, yeah. this is this is representing something for me. And he's great. That kid is fucking fantastic. Yeah. He goes from strength to strength. And they don't the make it easy for amazing. Him. They don't no. make it easy for him. Yeah, man. That shit's so, not easy. Uh, honestly, still legit. And I'd also say probably worth watching again. I really had a nice I time. Was, I was surprised. I was like, mm, okay. And I was like, oh. I mean, America Ferreira is just a joy. She is. She's such an understated... Considering where the show comes from, the telenovela style and the, these big characters like Wilhelmina and stuff, she's so sort of secure and grounded she, as a character. She absolutely knows who Betty is in and yeah. out. So we're going to have to do one next week as well, my sweetheart. That's the format, Emily. That's the format. Turns out that's <laughs> what we do. <laughs> There'll be some scandal with America Ferrera by the time this goes out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big time. <laughs> We're basically uh, soothsayers. Um. <laughs> yeah. So next week, Emily, we are going to be doing Never Been Kissed. Now, we have to admit something. Sometimes when we're choosing what we're going to give to you next week. Now, you've been great listeners at giving us suggestions. And please do keep yes, those coming please. in. Yeah. Please, please, please. However, sometimes um, Anna and I just need to watch something. What was the word yeah. you used earlier? Indulgent. Like, we oh, yeah. just need to watch some trash. And yeah, it's a great and thing I, to reassess. And I think you guys need to watch some trash too. Yes. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Defo. You can email us at isitstilllegit at gmail.com. You can get in touch on Instagram at stilllegitpodcast. And you can rate and review this podcast so that we know that you're enjoying it that would be a really nice cool thing for you to do before you get on with your merry day and tell your friends word of mouth oh my god yeah tell some people (laughs) yeah that's that's it for today and we'll see you next week until next week a goodbye bye